Hey folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. This is episode number 280. And I'm going to do part two here on surviving a terrorist attack or a shooting massacre. This is a practical show, folks. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. I just like to keep this rooted in common sense. Practical, everyday, modern survivalism. That's what I talk about here on today's survival show. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode. Well, in the last episode, I was talking about Basically, what you need to do if you're in a terrorist or an active shooter situation, you know, other than just shooting back, there are several things. And I was talking about the um, the acronym ALICE, and it was a great article by John Davis that uh, I'll link to again. And good stuff, real good stuff. And so I was talking a lot about, you know, the acronym ALICE, alert, lockdown, inform, counter, and evacuate and I believe I finished up with the uh, the locking down and I'm not a real big fan of lockdowns especially like when a when a school locks down the students because it makes people helpless quite a bit and I'm not real big on that I think that that can cause a whole lot of problems but there are a few things I want to say about that if that's going to be the case. You got to know where the source of danger is. You know, where is the threat? And this is a little bit of a review from the last episode, but I think it's important to review some things. Where is that threat coming from? You got to know where where is this person? You know, are they shooting actively? Are they on the move? Which direction are they moving? And I was talking a little bit about in the last episode that somebody needs to be in charge of of communicating with the police and communicating with the emergency responders that are outside trying to uh, stop the situation. And there needs to be somebody who can be calm and prepared because communicating with the outside takes that person's focus away from the room. And so you don't want it to be somebody that is, you know, supposed to be helping out the people in a school, for example, helping the kids in a school, but really in any situation. Uh, Let's not just talk about schools. You know, let's talk about nightclubs. Let's talk about wherever these things, movie theaters, wherever they can happen. You know, one of the problems with with public places is that, you know, movie theaters and nightclubs, they don't typically prepare for this kind of stuff, and that's unfortunate. You know, whereas with schools, uh, they can prepare for this, this type of thing. But if you are part of a survival team... And, you know, I've talked about this many times, you know, putting together a survival team or at least people that you know. If you're out with members of your survival team or if you're out with friends, you know, you really need to talk about this kind of stuff if you're going out in public. Who is going to be the person amongst you? Let's say you're going out with a group. Who's going to be the person amongst you that is going to be in charge of calling 911 and talking to the authorities about what's going on if you find yourself in an active shooter or a terrorist attack situation okay next i'm going to talk about finding the exits i don't know about you how many of you are like me when you go into a place you look around where and and find out where the exits are where are the exits how can i get out of this place I, i did it today i stopped in at a restaurant to get something to eat and i noticed real quickly that there were two exits in this restaurant two of them relatively easy to get to so if 
if some nut job Johnny Jihadist comes in and starts attacking the restaurant, I know how I'm getting out of there. I like to go into a place and I like to sit down near one of the exits. Okay, and if I can't get right next to an exit, I like to be able to make sure that I am facing the exit, that I'm looking at the exit so I can see what's happening, know where the danger comes from, right? I just talked about that. The person's going to come, the, the, the attacker's going to come in a certain door, and I need to be able to see that door. Because if i got to defend myself or defend the rest of the people that I'm with, well, I need to be able to see what's going on. I, I don't want to have my back towards a doorway where some nut job could come in there. So find the nearest avenue to escape. And you're probably only going to have about a few seconds to find the exits. And that's it. Now, John Davis says in this article, um, he says, arm yourself. He says, at my school, we practice for one of these lockdown drills. Every student has at their disposal a stack of books and other objects to throw or use as weapons. Interesting. Okay. That's good. See, that's improvising. That's using the tools that you have at your disposal as weapons. Books you can throw at the attacker. He says the Marines call these weapons of opportunity. And I talked a little bit about this before in the previous episode. Lots of things can be a weapon of opportunity. And that's the other thing. Plan this out in advance. Even stuff that you're carrying. Okay? If you're going out somewhere by yourself or you're going out with a group, know what people are carrying and what could possibly be used as weapons. Most of the people in these kinds of situations, you know, terrorist attacks or, or active shooter Situations. Most people who become victims do so real early on. Usually in the very beginning of the event. Either they were very close to the terrorist when they began their attack or they were isolated because they hesitated. And that's the key. You know, don't hesitate. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about a firearms class that I took several months ago. Uh, taught by Tom Givens. Tom Givens is a very well-known firearms instructor. If some of you are not really into, into firearms, uh, listen to this anyway, because it's, it's, it's applicable to just about any kind of, a, of an attack. Tom talked a lot about not wasting time when you have to draw your gun and use it and, and defend yourself against some jack wagon that's attacking you. Time is everything and even split seconds even quarter seconds half seconds and and he would always get on us in the class he would talk to us about stop wasting time and things that waste time are not being able to draw your gun smoothly not being able to hit your target if you miss you've wasted time because then now you got to shoot again if you miss again you wasted more time and the more time you waste gives the bad guy more time to hurt you or kill you so that's why hesitation is not a very good thing or sometimes people find themselves pinned in or immobilized in a certain area so once you find the exit 
Go there quickly, fast as you can. There shouldn't be any need to think about which exit might be closer or anything. Just pick an exit and go. Okay? Just run. Just go to the exit. If the shooter's in the open, like a, like a mall attack or, or an attack out on the street, out in the wide open, you need to make an attempt to get away from the immediate danger as fast as possible just try to figure out where the line of fire is coming and run 90 degrees away from that line of fire. Don't call the cops right away. Just get to a safe location. Then call the cops. Immediately seek cover and concealment. Okay, I talked about that in the last episode, but I'll review it again. Cover is what takes you away from the eyesight of the bad guy. Concealment actually stops bullets. Okay, remember that uh, uh, things like brick walls, concrete walls, automobiles, things like that are can typically stop bullets. But just getting behind a door, that's not going to stop a bullet. That's concealment. Now, next thing that's in this article that I like, it's it's talking about evacuating. Be prepared to evacuate in some kind of an active shooter like this. Uh, shooter event, like, like I'm talking about. Think about if a shooter is searching for one particular person. Okay, if they're looking for one and they're zeroing in on one person. If, if that person was the motive of, of the attack, then obstacles are not going to deter them. Okay. It might slow them down, but it's not going to really provide true safety. Muggings are also like this. Burglaries are like this. Or even terrorism, military combat. So, if a gunman is set to defeat a certain barrier, if he's determined, if it's... If, 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 he's, if he says, hey, I am defeating that barrier for any reason, they're going to attempt to do so, and most likely they're going to be successful. If you give them enough time, and again, time, time's your enemy in these types of things. In other words, time that goes by that's wasted. If you give them enough time, they will defeat any kind of an obstacle. That's why a state of a lockdown throughout the whole duration of an active shooter or terrorist event is not a very good idea. Lockdown should only be temporary. And... There's some pretty unfortunate proof of what I'm talking about here. Uh, in the Virginia Tech shooting in 2007, there were 32 students that were killed. And the majority of those were traced to one single room. A professor locked the students in the room, similar to a lockdown, but wouldn't let them leave even when there was an opportunity to leave. That See, that's, that's the thing. The lockdown should only be temporary the shooter the shooter eventually overcame the locks on the doors the room didn't have any exits and he proceeded to kill first the teacher then everybody else in the room now when you escape move quickly most of the people who become victims are not moving fast enough some people can't move real fast and i tell you what here's a good example for staying in shape and always having good footwear that is easy to run in 
Um, one of the worst things that people can do from a, from a survival standpoint is to wear footwear that's not easy for you to run in. Women especially like to wear a lot of high heels. And for most ladies, it's not that easy. Think about it, ladies. It's not that easy to run in high heels. Okay? Stay in good shape. Physical fitness. Not only is it good for your health, but physical fitness can also be a great asset to you if you need to evacuate. And in the next point in this article, use cover. Now, John reminds us, cover is a military term for something that can conceal you from a threat. I've covered that. Things like a hardened pillar or support beam can be a good source of cover. A large fountain in the middle of a food court, things like that, uh, those can be cover because those could stop bullets. So as much as you can while you're evacuating, use cover, but don't get pinned behind cover. Okay, just think of it as a temporary obstacle to keep between you and the threat until you can reach the exit or until you can get a long ways away from the situation. Now, be real careful when you're using cover. Be real careful to not travel along walls. Don't go along the walls. Uh, bullets travel along walls pretty uh, effectively. And it, it's kind of a confusing, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain, and it's an interesting phenomenon. But it's been proven that a bullet that's fired close to the same angle uh, as the wall will ride that wall and stay real close to it. Okay, and of course, if you're close to the wall, the bullet starts riding the wall, guess what? you're getting hit. Um, if a terrorist or a gunman enters your safe space or if he pulls a weapon in the middle of whatever you're doing, you you know, you know, need to realize that there's not a lot of good options left for you. And now you're left with very few alternatives. All of your remaining choices now basically come down to the basic human responses to fear, which is fight or flight. Okay? Now, let's talk a little bit about that. Flight. Usually, not always, but usually, if you can, fleeing is the best option. Getting out of the area. Now, having said that, John mentions that as a teacher, fleeing isn't always an option. Uh, in his classroom, which is virtually identical to all other classrooms in the middle school, high school, and elementary, there's only one door. Then the windows are also uh, shatter resistance, uh, resistant. So, you know, if you determine that fleeing, that taking off, getting out of there, if you determine that that's not a good option, then you got to fight. And I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. He's also got a paragraph in here called freeze. Freeze is a common response to panic situations. There's a saying made most famous by the United States Navy SEALs, but common throughout the uh, U.S. Armed Forces, one doesn't rise to the occasion, but falls back 
to their training. And basically that means if a person is not trained on what to do, and if they haven't prepared this stuff out in advance to be able to recognize and respond to these types of situations, they're likely going to fail. They're likely going to default to the fact that they haven't trained. So a person who freezes or fails to take any action during a terrorist attack like this is going to be an easy target. So it's not normally the best solution. Okay? Uh, Don't just freeze. Have a plan. And again, people freeze because they don't have a plan. Now, submit is another point in this. Uh, article submit refers to complying to the shooter's demands i am not a big huge fan of this okay i'm not a real big fan of submitting but i'm going to talk about this i want you to decide what you think is 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 the best thing to do hostage takers typically bargain with victims for compliance and they offer safety in exchange for control of the situation in an active shooter situation the people that are involved, you know, with the attacks, school shootings, workplace massacres, and things like that, that's not common, okay? But typically, these events take place from beginning to end pretty quickly in less than 12 minutes. So it's not common for shooters that make demands to, that'll keep people alive, but, but it happens. And usually... They're for a set purpose of inflicting casualties. So in the event of an active shooter, it's not real likely that giving in to the shooter's demands uh, are going to ensure survival. That's why I'm not a real big believer in it. Um, the, the shooter, the active shooter, the terrorist is going to make you think that giving in to their demands is going to help you survive. But it's usually not going to work out. In the Umpqua Community College shooting, that's what the students did. The shooter began by first executing the teacher of the room before making demands that all Christians in the room make themselves known by standing. The classroom was full of students that did as they were instructed and uh, some of them who stood were executed. So if I'm in that situation... I am probably not going to identify myself as a Christian and stand up so that I can get shot. Okay? I mean, that's that's the situation right there. And giving in to the demands of anybody, whether it's somebody that's mugging you, whether it's an active shooter, whether it's somebody that's taking uh, hostages in a building, is typically, there. Ha- there normally has to be a better plan. Problem is, the problem is, is oftentimes the people that are in the building, in fact, most of the time, the people that are in the building when the place gets attacked don't know each other. So they haven't had a chance to plan this out together. So this is when you've got to make your own individual decisions. And the people that you're with, you have to make your own individual decisions as to what are you going to do. But I'm a big believer in fighting. Now, let's talk about posture. Posturing is probably not a good idea. What posture is, is creating the appearance of a threat without actually being a threat. In other words, making yourself look like you're going to be a threat to the bad guy, but not really being a threat. And that's not a very good idea in a terror situation. In a terrorist attack, you know, the shooters are usually really unbalanced people. 
in in a terrorist attack. And y- you know, it, it's probably not a good idea because they see something like that and they're so mentally unbalanced that they're going to start shooting. And it, it, it's probably going to further enrage them and it's just going to be a bad idea. It's going to escalate the situation. What's currently being taught in those danger close circumstances where escape is not timely or possible is to fight and some would say attack the attacker. I did an episode at the Handgun World podcast a few weeks back uh, called Rush the Nut and I interviewed Dr. John Adine. We talked about rushing the nut. Okay? Uh, go, go over and listen to that over at the Handgun World podcast. So consider this. In the instance of one attacker against a room full of individuals, massive amounts of common items thrown at the guy, you know, to assault him is, is the key defensive uh, element. Okay, It means that a person, you know, you don't have to be a martial arts expert or, or spend countless hours in training uh, to prepare for the event. And it doesn't even require that anybody have the uh, physical and mental mental capability to disable the shooter. All it requires is a coordination of people moving very quickly. Okay? It doesn't end, it doesn't end the threat, but it's intended to take the person off of their OODA loop, to stun the attacker long enough for the people to at least gain some kind of an advantage, maybe swarm the attacker, ground him, hold him until others are able to evacuate, or or maybe even hold him till the police come if that's uh, possible, or if somebody does in in the area have a gun to hold to, to 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 knock the attacker off of his game and hold him until somebody can end it that has a gun. Okay. And again, using weapons of opportunity, improvised weapons, that's going to be the key here. The weapons of opportunity that come from the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program and other self-defense programs. In an office setting or, or a classroom setting, as I mentioned earlier, it could be books, staplers, tape depressors, um, chairs, you know, any kind of a hard object. Uh, that you can throw uh, pepper spray if somebody's got pepper spray. Fire extinguishers. You know what? A fire extinguisher can be a, a great improvised weapon. Uh, it's it's stunning. It's disorienting. Uh, and then the canister itself. You can, you can use the canister as a blunt object. Once you're done using what's in the fire extinguisher, you can use the canister to Smack somebody over the head with it. Smack this guy. If you can swarm the attacker and somebody can grab a firearm, a fire, a fire extinguisher and beat him over the head with it, use it as a club, knock him out. Okay? There's all kinds of things. But again, you have to be willing to do it. There can't be a whole room full of sheep. And that's part of the problem that we see today. It's one of the reasons why I'm convinced that people don't survive these things. We've got too many sheep that just don't know what to do because they don't think about the stuff that I'm talking about on this episode. They don't think about the stuff that I talked about in the last episode. Matter of fact, many of them probably don't even listen to this podcast, unfortunately. So if you've got loved ones that 
you know, I try to keep this show pretty family friendly, folks, and I try to keep this relatively easy to listen to. So if you've got people that, you know, are in your family that may not be real prepared to handle a terrorist and active shooter situations, but maybe they've been worried about it a little bit lately, have them listen to this episode. Now, I want to talk a little bit about violence, not violence in a negative way, but sometimes violence can be used in a positive way, especially when you are defending yourself. And I'm talking about violence of action. It means the unrestricted use of speed, surprise, and aggression to achieve total dominance against your enemy or your attacker. Now, this is meant to drive home the concept that any fighting technique is useless unless you first totally commit yourself to violence of action if needed. Look, folks, if somebody brings violence to you, you have an inherent right to defend yourself. And even, I'm a man of faith, I'm a Christian, but I really believe in the right to life. And that's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the right to life. Okay, God gives you life. You have a right to preserve that life. You know, Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. But I don't believe that this is living by the sword. In other words, we don't, I don't advocate going out and using violence to get your way. But sometimes you have to fight back in order to save your life and preserve your life. Would you agree? Pull the trigger, folks, because you're in a battle for your life. Your instincts, assessment, and situational awareness have told you that, uh uh-oh, the balloon is up, and I'm in mortal danger. What you can do is survive. It's your right to not be killed or harmed by another person. Um, In the military... John says in the military, stories of violence of action are pretty well documented. In an active shooter scenario, however, um, a single person will almost never be able to dominate the aggressor because the aggressor's got the element of surprise. They've usually got a powerful weapon. But working in conjunction together as a large group of people can be very effective. So that just about wraps up what I wanted to talk about on this. And, you know, you may have some ideas, so I'd like to hear them. But again, in this episode, in the show notes, I am going to link to uh, John's Deep Thoughts at Quora.com. And I'm going to put a link in there. You can read. You need to re- really, if you haven't done this from the last episode, you need to go and, and read the entire Uh, article that he wrote, How Do I Survive a Shooting Massacre or a Terrorist Attack in a City? That's the title of it. Uh, Really good stuff. I'm, I'm I'm very glad that I ran across this. And it's all about your will, folks. It's all about your will. And you can survive if you've got the will to survive. And you can't ever lose your will. So what do you think? What do you think of 
what I've shared with you in this episode and the episode uh, before this one. I'd like to hear your thoughts. A couple things I'd like to ask you to do as a listener. Uh, first of all, I'd love to hear your comments. And you can email me, bob at todayssurvival.com. That's bob at todays, todayssurvival.com. You can go to the Today's Survival Show Facebook page. I got a Facebook page. Please go to there. Like it. Uh, I am Modern Survival on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Go there. Uh, leave a me- message. But one of the best things you can do is call in a voicemail. 210-646-1727. That's my podcast voicemail box. I use it for both the Handgun World podcast and today's survival show. So if you have a comment, question, you just want to share an opinion on something, whatever, and you don't mind being on the show, I'll play your voicemail. If you have a question, I'll answer it. And it makes for good discussion back and forth. I'd love that. If this episode or if this podcast in general benefits you, Uh, Would you do me a favor? Would you consider supporting the show? Please remember, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, use my Amazon store. Go to todayssurvival.com, click the Amazon store, use that link whenever you make an Amazon purchase. And uh, I have an Amazon affiliate account, so Amazon will pay me. You don't even have to spend any extra money but you'll be supporting today's survival show. And if you want to join the Shooters Club that Ben Branham and I put together, it's only $8 a month or $75 a year, and you can see some really cool self-defense videos. Up to this point, for the last three years, we've been putting videos up there on the Shooters Club that involve shooting. We're going to start putting up some survival and self-defense and just common sense uh self-protection pretty much is what we're going to start putting videos up on there. And, you know, I'm going to talk to Ben. We're going to make a plan on what we're going to put up there, but you'll have access to a lot of exclusive content. That's not on this show or the handgun world podcast and the proceeds directly help pay for our shows. You know, folks, especially on this show here, I don't run any sponsor commercials and things like this. I like to keep this as commercial free as possible. One last thing, please consider joining our forum. Today's Survival Show has a forum. It's a small one. It's pretty well controlled, but you have to be a listener to join the forum. Here's how you do it. Go to todayssurvival.com. Click the forum button. Sign up. Once you sign up, send me an email, bob at todayssurvival.com. Give me your username. Tell me what username that you signed up under, and I will... Probably in about 12 hours or less, I'll get your account proved. Then you can start making all kinds of posts on the forum. And every episode I put up on the forum, I put a link there so you can make comments that way as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bob Main. Thanks for listening to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>